Hey there, teacher friend. I'm Tanya, your host here on the Literacy Treasures podcast, where we will pack your instructional toolkit one literacy tool at a time. My literacy treasure chest is full of tips, tricks, tools, and strategies for teaching your readers and writers. I'm here to share my literacy treasures with you because I want to make your busy teacher life a little bit easier. Welcome to the Literacy Treasures podcast. Let's add another tool to your literacy instructional toolkit. up the classroom structures that allow for independent student work, conferring with individual students and small group instruction without disruption can be a difficult but not an impossible task. If you're conferring and meeting with small groups and it's just not going the way you would like, keep listening. If you're not yet conferring and meeting with small groups, keep listening. Picture this. You're sitting at your table with five sweet little readers surrounding you, just about to reveal a new guided reading book after you have built the anticipation. Then, from behind, there is a tap on your shoulder. Personal space has been invaded. You whip your head around quickly with eyes wide open to see a little friend standing there with an inquisitive look on her sweet little face. It's all right. She's new to the classroom. She doesn't know. The five sweet little readers sitting with you quickly begin to take over. She doesn't understand the procedures of workshop in her new classroom. She doesn't know that she's not supposed to interrupt a small group. Another student is racing toward her to take over so that you can be on your way to your guided reading adventure. Phew, that was a close one, and you didn't even have to say a word. Your students knew exactly what to do. Building the classroom structures that your entire class understands is the first step to successful, uninterrupted small group instruction and conferring. Building the structure that supports small group instruction. Yes, it's hard to maintain small group instruction while other students are working independently, but let's look at this dilemma step by step. There are three steps to follow when building successful small group instruction. Number one, set up procedures for workshop and independent work that will alleviate interruption and distraction while meeting in small group. Step two, thoughtfully map out your small group meetings and conferences each day and each week. Step three, intentionally plan to meet readers' needs during workshop and small group instruction. Step one, setting up procedures for workshop and independent work that will alleviate interruption and distraction while meeting with small groups. You must teach them, they don't come trained. Each teacher runs their classroom differently, but it's been my experience that small group instruction expectations are the same. You've all heard these words before. Please don't interrupt the small group unless you're bleeding or there's a 911 emergency. Okay, so maybe those words haven't been exact, but they all have the same message. In the scene that I painted before, there was a new student in the classroom. She didn't know the procedures, but the students did. They didn't enter the classroom that way on the first day of school. 
there was training involved. Before I could ever meet with a small group of children and have a successful meeting, my students had to be trained. Readers needed to know how to engage in independent work. Readers needed to know how to ask for help. Readers needed procedures for handling unexpected situations. Readers needed to know what to do when I was not immediately available. First things first, readers workshop had to be launched. Procedures had to be taught. Independent reading strategies and tools had to be introduced. Many lessons had to be designed to teach readers workshop procedures. Many lessons had to be designed for choosing books to read independently. Many lessons had to be designed to share and practice strategies and skills for using tools to engage in reading. This new learning was practiced independently after each mini lesson was given as I monitored and facilitated the readers working. We had class meetings and conversations about what ifs. We set up guidelines and expectations for workshop. We had a go at me working with a small group while the other students read independently until finally we were a well-oiled machine. Okay. Maybe not well-oiled in the beginning, but squeakily working towards efficiency. I know someone out there is thinking, well, that won't work with my class. Yes, it will. I've had some, shall we say, very unique groups of students over the years. Yes, it works even with your most unique and challenging children. When you launch your workshop, reading or writing, build in procedures that provide answers for just about any situation that can occur. Launching a successful workshop in September will not address every situation until June of that school year. Take time to revisit those procedures to monitor and adjust for the specific situations that occur throughout the year. The reflective teacher makes changes based on the needs of the students. There are five mini lessons that will help set up the classroom structures for uninterrupted small group instruction. These following five mini lessons will give your readers the tools they need to stay engaged during independent work. Mini lesson number one, finding reading spots. Readers need to know the expectations for where they can read and how they can get comfy and cozy. Readers want to be able to be comfortable when reading and doing the work of real readers. Help your readers understand the do's and don'ts of spreading out and getting set to read. Mini lesson number two, maintaining a book basket. Whether you are using a basket, a box, a bag, or some other tool, your readers need to know how to maintain that tool. Help your readers understand what kinds of things a reader keeps in his or her book basket. Give your readers tips and strategies for locating books that are just right for them. Help your readers understand the importance of a reading toolkit to engage in the work from the mini lesson. Mini lesson number three, getting help during reader's workshop. 
asking for a conference. It's inevitable. Readers are going to need help, especially learners who are still developing their skills and strategies to become better readers. When readers are practicing the new strategies and skills taught in the classroom, they're going to need some assistance and guidance. They need to know the procedures for getting your help when they need it without interrupting your small group lesson. This could be clipping their name on an I need a conference sign. This could be signing up on your conference clipboard or whatever procedure you have for readers to gain conference time with you. Mini lesson number four, getting help during readers workshop, addressing the what ifs. It's even more likely that readers are going to need to sharpen pencils or go to the bathroom or exchange books or get a drink of water or go to the nurse or, well, you get the idea. Make sure to provide a lesson on the what ifs so your readers are not interrupting a small group lesson and their classmates during independent reading for the little things they can begin to manage on their own. Set up and teach procedures for going to the bathroom or sharpening pencils or getting a new book or turning an assignment or whatever it is your students will need. Provide a mini lesson to let your readers ask the what ifs. Discuss, address, and anchor chart the answers. Which brings us to mini lesson number five, guidelines for readers workshop. Readers need to know the guidelines and expectations for Readers' Workshop. They need to know what the workshop should look like and sound like. Readers should know what is expected of them each and every day they are sent out to workshop with their book baskets and Readers' Notebook after the mini-lesson. When you successfully launch workshop, your students will be able to assist each other and work through distractions and interruptions when you give them the tools to do so. Step one was all about setting up your classroom environment and the structures to better accommodate small group instruction. Workshop is set up and running, procedures and routines have been taught for gathering for the mini lesson and moving into independent work, strategies and tools have been introduced so that students may begin engaging in their reading work, now it's time to begin small group instruction and conferring with students. Small group instruction is not just about the small group at the table with the teacher, it's also about what the other students are doing. When your classroom community is established with routines, procedures, and structures to support independent work, your small group and conferring will run smoother and hopefully uninterrupted. Which brings us to step two thoughtfully map out your small group meetings and conferences each day and each week. Picture this, you've just finished the mini lesson for workshop and you have sent students out to work independently. Everyone is moving to their cozy reading spots with their book boxes and settling into their reading work. Now what? Workshop is the busiest time of the day, it goes fast. So you have to be thoughtful in your planning Make a plan for meeting with students. Map out which group you're going to meet and when. Make a plan of the conferences you need to have based on an I need a conference chart and those with whom you need to meet with during the week. Sure, this is probably going to change throughout the week, but you've started with a plan and it can always be adjusted. 
planning the groups you need to meet and the students with whom you need to confer ensures that you will have face-to-face -face meetings with all of your students each week. Now, let's walk through a possible scenario of a 60-minute workshop. The mini lesson is completed in about 10 to 14 minutes. Students are moving into their independent work time and will spend about 40 to 45 minutes doing that. So the teacher grabs her clipboard and small groups folder. As students are transitioning, the teacher walks around the room and tells the first small group to gather at the small group table. The class is settling, the small group is gathering, and the teacher moves over to one student to confer for about five minutes. The teacher may confer with another student for another five minutes. The teacher then meets with the small group for about 15 minutes. Teacher asks the second small group to gather at the small group table, and she goes off to confer with another student while the second small group is settling in at the table. The teacher meets with the second small group for about 15 minutes. Then the whole group gathers for the share portion of the reading workshop for the last four to five minutes of the time. Wow, that was fast. Now, this is just one scenario and happens to be what I used in my classroom on a daily basis. Some days I conferred with more students and met with only one small group or met with more small groups and conferred with fewer students. It depended on the circumstances of the day, the student needs and how the work was going. By the end of the week, I would have met with small groups and conferred with most of my students. That's a lot of face-to-face -face time with students during the week. Sometimes you need to see the big picture so that you can plan a thoughtful schedule of group meetings and conferences. Grab the template to map out the big picture of your day or week with the freebie download in the episode notes. You've set up routines and procedures for independent work. You have a tool to map out a plan for meeting with groups and individual students. Now, what do you do with the group when they're sitting at your table? That brings us to step three, intentionally plan to meet readers' needs during workshop and small group instruction. Picture this, you've made your plan for meeting students to ensure that you have face-to-face -face time with each student in the classroom this week. You've pulled your students to the small group table they're looking at you and you're looking back at them. Now what? How do I make the most of this time with my students? Thoughtful and intentional planning. Planning for small group instruction can go two ways. A traditional guided reading group or small group strategy instruction. In order to make a thoughtful and intentional plan to get the most from your students, you must examine their reader's notebooks, look over your anecdotal notes, review their latest running records, replay the conversations they've had with you about reading. This will enable you to make note of their strengths and needs based on the reading profile you have built for each of your students. This information will inform your small group instruction to make a thoughtful and intentional plan to meet your readers' immediate needs. Now, planning for small group instruction. First step, planning for guided reading. Number one, 
Note the strengths and needs for each student in the group. Number two, choose a book that will build on their strengths and nurture their needs. Number three, plan how students will engage in the book. Choose an engagement tool. Number four, plan how students will respond to the reading. Choosing a book means finding a short text that will build on the reader's strengths, but will also nurture a need. Now, choosing a book to use with your group requires you to know the text. Think about what supports the text will offer the group and what features will challenge the group. Decide how you will support the challenges of the text while students are reading. Decide on an engagement tool. This is a tool that will help keep students engaged in the text, guide them through the new learning, and aid in their building comprehension. Next up, planning for small group strategy instruction. Number one, note strengths and needs of each student in the group. Number two, choose a strategy with which students have demonstrated a need. Number three, plan how students will engage in the use of the strategy with an engagement tool. Strategy groups are more fluid than traditional guided reading groups. Strategy groups are students put together who have a similar reading need that can be addressed within their self-selected text, but during a small group session. When you reflect on your conferring notes and the work you have observed in your reader's notebooks, you will find students who may read on different levels, but have a similar reading need. These students can be gathered in a group to reteach a strategy or skill that is proving to be a challenge, which requires further nudging and guidance. These students can be gathered in a group to teach a strategy or skill that has not been taught in the whole group, but the small group is ready for. Decide how you will reteach or teach the strategy for students to try out within their self-selected texts. Successful small group instruction is so much more than just a group of three to five students gathering together for a lesson. It's all about preparing the classroom structures while providing the tools that support small group instruction and conferring. I know this episode has a lot of information to process. Check out the blog links in the episode notes where each of the steps for setting up structures for small group instruction is broken down into three separate blog articles. You'll also find links to resources that will help guide you in setting up those classroom structures and procedures. That's all for today. I hope today's Literacy Treasure Tip finds a place in your instructional toolkit to help you and your readers move forward. Until next time.